Podcasting from the Chicagoland area, this is Game On with Jackson Stewart, where we discuss men's lifestyle, focusing on sex, fitness, relationships, business, and more. We'll be interviewing the best of the best, the hot shots, and the rising stars in the worlds of modeling, fitness, cooking, and more. Influencers who are discussing keeping it sexy while at the top of their game. I'm your host, Jackson Stewart. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the game. Good people, sexy people, welcome to another edition of Game On with Jackson Stewart. I'm your host, Jackson Stewart, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, for checking out the show. If you are new to the show, welcome. If you're a, a returning listener, welcome also. If you have not had a chance, make sure you catch us on patreon.com slash Game On with Jack. Uh, Twitter users, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash game on with Jack. And also on Instagram, Jackson Stewart too. And we are, uh, putting work into the YouTube channel. So definitely check that out. Today we've got part two, or I should say tonight we have part two of Ask Jack. Uh, last week we took a, barrage of questions that you guys had sent me through either Instagram or Twitter and tonight we've got some remainder questions so we're going to hit those up and without further ado let's go ahead and jump into it PDC 11 <clears throat> excuse me 889 says uh, hey Jack like the show appreciate that very much I want my girl to try anal how do I start this and we we jumped right into a question, didn't we? Um, well, PDC, any time you want to um, adjust your sex life with your partner, um, communication, communication, communication. So you don't want to be, you know, in the heat of the moment and suddenly you know, decide <laughs> decide to go for that without her uh, knowing it. But you know, talk and be receptive to the fact that she just may not want to try that. Um, but, you know, let her know your your desire to give it a shot. And if she is in agreement, make sure you take all the preparations to make it as comfortable for her as possible. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind, folks. I'm not a physician. I'm not a therapist. These questions are being answered from both my experiences and talking to uh you know, friends and, and experts and guests in the field that I know. But, um, you know, most experts will say that if you are trying to get your partner to try anal and, and they agree to it, make sure you look up the healthy and safe ways in which to do so. You know, lubrication is key. Being uh, clean and hygiene is key. And also, you know, once you get past all that, you know, just plain, plain, just don't go ramming yourself into the girl. Um, ease into it. And then read, read the signs. You know, we already talked about reading the room in here. If she is, um, 
if she's in pain while you're trying this, um, then back off and, and just chalk it up to, you know, we gave it a shot, didn't work this time, et cetera. So like I said, communication, 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 and, um, you know, good luck. Take it, <laughs> take it slow, take it easy. Uh, Jack, I have some ideas for a podcast. Should I do it? This is from Good Vibes. Uh, Good Vibes. Hell yes. Give it a shot. Uh, Podbean is an excellent platform. There are several out there. Podbean is the one that I use and I'm a big fan of it. Um, some recommendations I would give is to make sure that you, you know, have a, have a structure on what every episode will entail, whether it be you know, a specific introduction, specific outro, uh, format. Will you have guests? Will you not have guests, et cetera? Because the more structure you have, the easier it becomes to do every single show. And if you're, you know, are you going to be, uh, interviewing guests? Is it going to be a solo show where you pick a topic and just talk? Are you going to take in callers? The more you can have pre-planned, the better and smoother each episode will go. So you definitely want to have a skeleton, <clears throat> excuse me, that you can apply to every single episode, uh, regardless of, you know, who the guest is, what the topic is. So good luck, good vibes. Look forward to seeing you on, uh, in the podcast world and, you know, drop me a line once you get launched and we'll be glad to talk about it. Got here. So every time I do this show, so congested, it's like I'm breathing into the mic. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, anonymous question. How do I motivate my team at work? I like this because we take, <clears throat> excuse me, we take business questions also. Um, and we take a drink. Uh, motivating a team is literally the same no matter where the team, uh, is located, whether it be at work, whether it be a, you know, a softball team, whether it be a community service team, it's all the same. And here's the, here's a little secret that most people don't think about when they talk about a team. People are motivated. You know, money motivates people, but eventually what people want in terms of um, payment changes. And sometimes you can't keep up with that. Um, loyalty is the only currency that does not change. <clears throat> Here's what I mean by that. When I was in college, I was part of a, several student groups. And there were student groups that would do events very early in the morning. You know, it was like, hey, let's go to a fundraiser and, you know, well, let's go out in the street and with, with boots and ask for money, et cetera. And let's be there at like 7 o'clock in the morning. It was like, shit, I don't want to get that early. Getting up that early for the group for the, for the title, for the cause became difficult and, and you're going to lose people like that. So if you're trying to motivate your team by focusing on the cause, quote unquote, or the, um, or the title or the slogan, it, it's not going to be, you, you can't maintain that. What a team will stay motivated about is helping the person next to them. So we found that when we phrased it <clears throat> in saying, instead of, you know, Hey, John, make sure you get up to help out with the, uh, you know, marketing of America scholarship tomorrow. We're going to do a car wash. John would eventually go, you know, shit. I don't feel like getting up this morning. But if we said, yeah, hey, John, 
tomorrow I'm doing the car wash and, you know, um, I don't know, Melissa and Frank could really use your help, then it's become personalized, especially if there's a good rapport amongst members. So build a relationship within the team. You know, it might sound stupid, but go to lunch, hang out, go for drinks. And then when you need to move the team forward, those interpersonal relationships will be the binding that helps people stay motivated in, in, uh, in whatever the task is. So how do you motivate your team at work? Make sure you have a team and not just a team on paper, not just people who show up at a, you know, long ass meeting, but a team that has interwoven itself within its members and that the members actually care and work well with each other. And, and, you know, if they're friends or they develop a <clears throat> relationship of some type of you know, friendship or respect, all the better. Um, to, from what I've seen, that's the carrot that moves an entire team. It's, it's not, it's not money because money desires alter and change. It's not going to be slogan or models because that, that doesn't carry people for long, but it's the legitimate care of one another in the team that moves, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody consistently. So good luck. Um, another anonymous question. Jack, what's your favorite cake or pie? <laughs> For those that haven't caught any of the shows, at the end of every interview with a guest, we go through what I call the quick game, and we ask guests, like, you know, crazy random questions. And this is one of them, so anonymous, I, I like this. Um, actually, I like both. <laughs> I love cake and I love pie. Um, if I had to pick a cake, ooh, boy, let's see. I, I love chocolate, so I'd have to say a devil's food cake with chocolate icing. Um, runner ups would be a German, German chocolate cake and, uh, an atomic cake and a caramel cake. So yeah, like I said, shit, I like cake. Pie. Interestingly enough, I really only like fruit pies. I'm not a big fan of like French silk or, you know, custard pie. I, I like, you know, I'm traditional when it comes to pie, you know, don't judge me, whatever. <laughs> Apple, cherry, blueberry, um, strawberry and key lime pie. Um, and roughly in that order. Anonymous simian pie. Now, now you got me hungry. <laughs> uh, Jojo Garcia hit me with two questions. I like this. Jack, how do you talk politics with your friends? Easy answer. I don't. Um, I shouldn't say I don't. That it's not always in that extreme. There are some friends that I, you know, we talk about topics without talking about politics uh so for example and i'm just you know because i don't get political on the show because that's not the avenue i want to go into but if we were talking about the environment and we got onto the topic of recycling like we discuss topics but we frame it only in a discussion of basic good for the topic you know so no political party, I believe, is going to say, you know, recycling is stupid and we should stop doing it. Now, they're going to vary on, like, corporate impact and, and what all people should do, and et cetera, et cetera. But I will discuss topics from that standpoint. I do not discuss politics with friends because I have found that I have friends who cover all aspects of politics, some surprisingly so, and some who I think are, you know, <clears throat> amazingly beautiful and kind people may belong to a party that I don't agree with at the moment. 
And I've lived long enough to realize that you cannot judge people um, swiftly and and in, in terms of extreme because people, you know, people don't support one group purely out of the wrong that you believe that group is, is based on. They have found something in that group that speaks to them or to their family, whether it be economics, whether it be um, crime prevention, whether it be education, whatever that is. I don't discuss politics because I find that politics is more divisive of a discussion than it brings people together. I believe that people, humans as a whole, do not spend enough time trying to find our commonalities. We spend too much time talking about what makes us all different, and then the divisions grow deeper and deeper and farther and farther, wider and wider. So I say don't discuss politics with your friends. Uh, I mean, some of you might realize that, boom, you guys are in a lockstep, and maybe you guys can vent with each, you know, with one another. (coughs) Excuse me, but it's just like talking politics at Thanksgiving. It's a bad idea. It's the quickest way to, (laughs) to eat turkey in the kitchen by yourself. Uh, Jojo also had the question, Jack, what's your favorite bourbon? Ooh, God, such a good question. I, so for my birthday last year, a friend of mine bought me bourbon and got me turned on to it. And now I'm a, I'm a bourbon freak. I'm not an expert. So don't you bourbon people <laughs> come call and tell me I'm out of my damn mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so these are my favorites. Um, Basil Hayden, I believe I got the name right, is amazing. Uh, next would be Four Roses. Love Four Roses. Um, kind of a tie would be Evan Williams. Evan Williams, I found, is is uh, very well-priced and, and very good. And then um, I know some people, uh, some people aren't big fans of the Jim Beam. I, I like Jim Beam. Um, I am not a big fan of uh of Jim like the the vanilla flavored and the apple flavored uh bourbon but yeah I, it gets the job done. Um I don't go for the this bourbon stones or whiskey stones. I know some people are like all about it. And that's cool. I mean, you know, you you do you. I'm just worried about <laughs> just worried about swallowing one. But um yeah, now I a lot of people I know swear by the Woodford. I've had it once or twice. It was okay. Uh, it didn't necessarily hit me the way I was expecting it to. But um, so yeah, if you have not tried Four Roses, if you have not tried Basil Hayden, um, you know, go to any liquor store. Hell, go to Target, and you can pick up a bottle and give it a shot. If you don't like it, send it to me. Uh, <laughs> um, Next question, another anonymous. Jack, which do you prefer, single or double-breasted suits? Awesome question. I like fashion questions because I like to think I dress well. Um, to me, it depends on the event. You know, I'm kind of old school. And so if it's uh, – I'm a fan of double-breasted suits, especially if it's if it's like a wedding, um, you know, Sunday church event. Or like a, a formal banquet and you're like the MC or something. I think a double breasted suit carries such a level of elegance and pronounced style to it that I'm a big fan of it. I think single breasted suits are good for like work, 
you know, if you dress up at work, I wear a suit. Um, if you're going out, uh, and you're dressed up, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a, not, not, not a concert, but like a, you know, like a formal concert or a formal dinner. I think a single breasted suit works. I've been guilty of wearing those suits that have like <laughs> a thousand buttons on the front. Um, that works if you're tall and I'm, I'm, I'm average height. So I mean, if you're like six foot something, you can wear it, bust those out. I, interestingly enough, I am a fan of Nehru collared suits. So if you don't know what a Nehru collar is, um, you could Google it. I want to say it's in, in R, in A R U or N E R U. Um, but I like their, they have a short collar that comes up. <clears throat> excuse me, around the neck, almost like a, almost like a priest collar. And there, there's no, no location for a tie really. Um, so I really like Nehru shirts. I'm sorry, Nehru suit jackets. Um, but you gotta be, it's gotta be the right event. Like you can't bust it out of funeral. It just, or certain types of weddings you could. It, it's got a, it's got a very Eastern look to it. Like a, uh, you know, from like maybe in India or, or the Middle East. You know, I wore one to an all Indian wedding. I pulled it off. Um, I mean, I didn't pull off the suit. I pulled, I pulled off the look and I've worn it to, to non Eastern events. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, so to answer your question, most times, more times than not, I wore a single breasted suit because I'm just not at events that are terribly formal, but um, if I got to make a statement, boom, I go double breasted. You know, the one thing about double breasted suits that is problematic, single breasted jacket, when you sit down, you can unbutton it and it just falls open just right. But single breasted, it does. I mean, sorry, double breasted, it doesn't because it has that extra flap. So I feel like you're almost stuck <clears throat> always, you know, bound up in that jacket all night. But anyway, so good question. Uh, I think, you know. I don't see a lot of, a lot of younger guys, you know, guys like in their, you know, teens and twenties busting out double breasted suits. Don't let the, don't let that go, people. It's a, it's a good, it's a, it shouldn't be a dying art. Bring it back. Um, let's see. Next up, Paulie J. My wife gives, gives terrible head. How do I tell her without offending her or having her stop? Well, Paulie, a couple things. One, I congratulate you on asking. How to tell her this, but rather than just tell her, like, hey, baby, you don't know what you're doing down there. Um, once again, communication. So I think it was last week we talked about uh, somebody wanted to change their boyfriend's fashion. And I said the the worst way to change anybody is to start off telling them what you don't like about, you know, whether it be their fashion or your wife's oral sex skills. So you don't want to be like, damn, baby. You know, stop using teeth or, oh, you're terrible or, you know, you don't go down enough, whatever it is. You start off with appreciation, gratitude, and then you might mention something you want different. So, you know, damn, baby, last night was great. You know, the part was really great is when you were, you know, giving me a special attention. Old Bernie Mac, may he rest in peace, a great comedian. He used to call it special attention. Um, and you could say, next time I'd like it if you... Um, and then whatever it is that you feel she needs to work on, but phrase it as more of a request than a criticism. Because 
the quickest way to get somebody to stop doing something is to only be critical about it. <clears throat> People respond to gratitude. People want to know that what they're doing is being appreciated and therefore, you know, they will do more of it. So celebrate that she's doing this because there's a lot of people that, that can't say that they're getting that. And um, and then, you know, communicate what you want different, but phrase it lightly, gently. And if she's like, oh, are you saying I'm terrible? I say, baby, no. I mean, like I rush home after work to to hook up with you because it's so nice, you know. So make sure you phrase it right. Everything can be communicated. Everything can be done if you just say it right. So good luck, Polly. Um, let's see. Next question. Ooh, this is a good one. Kelly from San Fran. I'm assuming that's San Francisco. Beautiful city. It's been a couple weeks there once. Loved it. Um, Jackson, why do nice guys finish last? Oh, damn. That's a good question. So, <laughs> um, do nice guys finish last? I think we could do a whole show on this. Maybe we will. Um, nice guys do not finish last if they don't allow themselves to. And that sounds like double talk, right? But here's what I mean by that. Typically what happens with nice guys is that they, and I speak from experience because my foundation is a nice guy, but I had to learn like the, the trappings of that. And, you know, to this day, sometimes I'll slip up and fall back into that. But nice guys tend to think that everybody else is nice. And nice guys tend to think that nice guys look at everybody else's feelings and nice guys tend to take other people into consideration. The mistake is they think everybody else does that, and that's not the case. So here's an example. Um, I knew a girl once, and I was super nice to her. And I think I was like the nicest guy that she knew. And I liked her. I had interest in her. And I was waiting for her to take notice of me. And, to, you know, I mean, we knew each other and we talked, but I was waiting for her to, like, you know, oh, the sky is open. She realizes that, you know, Jack is the one. Shit never happened. In hindsight, my mistake was I never just stated what I wanted. And that's the difference between nice guys and guys that we might consider, you know, bad boys, whatever. Bad boys say what they want and they go after it. I don't, and I don't, trust me, I don't, I'm not saying in an aggressive, violent way, but they're just like, hey, you know, let's go out to dinner next week. Or, hey, I'd like to get your phone number. You know, whatever it is. Um, they, they state what they want. They go after it. Nice guys typically don't state it. They're just too busy being fucking nice. So they get ran over. That is why nice guys finish last. If you are a nice guy, but also state what you want and what you don't want, and you put up fucking boundaries so people don't run over you, you are a bad ass. You can still be a nice guy. You can still help people, take care of people, um, be reliable, but you can also be a force to be reckoned with. And that makes you a true player of the game because, you know, I was at a strip club once. I feel like I always bring up the strip club. <laughs> and there was a dancer who blew my mind. She was amazing. And 
had I taken just the nice guy approach of, uh, she's sweet. I'm going to just wait for her to like, you know, walk up from the back room and, and I'll, you know, wait till she makes eye contact. I never would have got another dance with her because she was in, she was in high demand. So what I did was, <laughs> there was a, a, a worker there, a, a member of the staff and he, you know, he had kind of open communication with her and he and I were talking. I said, Hey man, your girl is bad. When you see her again, let her know I'd like to get another dance. And then I perched up where I knew the dancers would walk out from. So I wasn't like stalking her, but I made sure I was in position to stay. I wanted another dance. I wasn't going to sit out in the audience and pine and hope. No, I wanted, wanted to hook up with her again. I wanted to see her. So I made the shit happen and it worked. And, you know, also, yeah, but bought women drinks before and you know a nice guy be like well can i buy you a drink whatever no i just say i'm buying you a drink if you'd like what do you want you see it's all about declaration it's all about um it's all about being clear and being assertive and confident about what it is you want you can still be nice and be confident so that's why nice guys tend to finish last. Man, I feel like that's a show. We're going to do that show. I, I like that topic. Um, Xboxer writes in, is gaming a turnoff for women? Uh, nope. And I've had this discussion with a lot of people. I, I, I'm a gamer uh, when I can find time for it, but I like to play video games on multiple platforms. I enjoy it. Um, gaming is a turnoff when it gets in the way of a woman it doesn't have to be just gaming it could be golf it could be going to the gym it could be you know watching movies anything that makes your partner feel like they are second is going to be a turnoff so what i've done before um if i was gaming and and a uh, a young lady was over as soon as she's in the room i stop playing and i give her my attention or she leaves the room or she leaves, I go back to gaming. Um, and even if they protest, even better, if they protest, like, no, 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 you know, you've been waiting for this game to drop and everything. I'm just going to sit here. You can keep playing. That's a perfect situation to say, no, baby, you're here. The game is going to wait. And even if it wasn't, I'd rather play with you than play with that. Boom. She, she gave you a little verbal test. I know I, I fucking hate testing like that, but it happens. Let's be real. So gaming is not a turnoff, but if gaming supersedes a woman, then it is a turnoff. Um, let's see. I think we have two more. Oh, three more questions. Yukon 91, kettlebells or burpees? Nice. Well, like I said before at the beginning, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not physical therapist nor am I a, uh, a professional fitness trainer but as somebody who has spent a lot of times in the gym and a lot of times <laughs> throwing that metal around I prefer kettlebells over just about anything else in the gym with the exception of maybe like the elliptical or uh to just get cardio and here's why burpees are great but burpees one uh to me are rough on the joints. Um, two, require 
not a lot of space, but still space, especially if you're doing the, the jump at the end. Um, and then three, burpees, you can't do burpees if you're on like a second floor. Like if people are beneath you, they're going to think that you're, I don't know, wrestling an alligator. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Um, or fucking one. Anyway, <laughs> kettlebells are simple. There are easily dozens, if not more, types of exercises you can do with a kettlebell. And the um, they're easy on the joints. And yeah, they're going to put some wear on your, your shoulder, uh, your elbows, your knees to some degree, but not like burpees. Burpees is such hard impact to me. Um, See, so yeah, I, I prefer kettlebells big time. Uh, let's see. Hi, Jack. I was having a debate with some female friends. This is from Kirk. They said that men cannot suffer from body dysmorphia. Is this true? Um, okay. Once again, disclaimer, not a therapist, but, uh, they are wrong. And if I'm correct in my definition of it, body dysmorphia is is an unhealthy perception one has of their body. So they look in the mirror, they tear themselves apart. I'm too fat, I'm too skinny. Uh, I don't, not muscular enough. You know, my ass is too small. I mean, they literally just have an unhealthy perception of themselves. This can afflict anybody, male or female. Now, let me say this real quick before I get the torches thrown at me. Do I feel that more women suffer than men? Yes. I'm just taking this from experience, from talking to people. I have not looked at the stats, etc. Um, why is that? Because media, and I'm not talking about the media, the news and stuff, but you know, magazines, movies, etc., tend to depict more of a unrealistic female body type than they do unrealistic male body types. However, there are unrealistic male body types, and it does give men a perception that they are uh, physically inferior and disgusting because they don't look like X, Y, or Z. Pick up men's health. And I'm not knocking any of these magazines. I mean, they're all great because I've, I've read all of them. Um, you know, men's health, uh, men's journal, um, you know, look at movies. Look at The Rock. Uh, great actor, the guy's in phenomenal shape. He puts in the work. All the Marvel movies. I mean, Chris Evans is Captain America. Um, Th- uh, Chris Helmsworth as Thor. I mean, all the, there's always the scene in a Marvel movie where the character goes shirtless and he has like 0% body fat. He's sculpted, he's cut, and he's carved. And enough of that in media will tell men that you don't measure up. So, um, Yes, men can suffer from it. Women tend to suffer from it more. Just, I think, based off, there's a bigger uh, barrage of, of women imagery out there. Is there a solution for this? Well, one, if it's bad enough, seek, seek counseling and seek therapy. Counseling and therapy is, we have to get away from the stigma of counseling and therapy as being like, ooh, don't do it, don't talk about it. No, if your leg was broke, you go to a fucking doctor. If your head is broke mentally, your emotions are broken, or not even broken, but you need some guidance or some help, go see a therapist. Um, you know, the in addition to that, people just 
be healthy and accept who you are and, and love yourself. I mean, like real talk, like, you know, nobody's perfect. I've known women who were blazingly beautiful, who I just thought was flawless. I remember I was with a, I was with one once and in the moment, I mean, I, I looked at her and she was perfect. And I, and I, you know, it was a heated moment. I say like, damn, you're perfect. And she's like, no, no, you're perfect. Cause I was giving her a massage also at the time. And I'm like, I'm perfect shit. They ain't nowhere near the truth. But when she said she wasn't perfect, like the vibe I got from her is that she legitimately was thinking more of her flaws and imperfections than how I was seeing her, which was like, this woman is spectacular. I've known men who are just, you know, look like, you know, Greek gods, just carved and shit and huge. And they have insecurities. We all have insecurities, people. Like we all look at ourselves and people could say what's good about us and we're going to think about immediately what's wrong. The problem is that when you focus more on what's wrong with your body and not what's right, then you get out of balance. And balance is key. Balance is the key to life. If you're in balance with, you know, your physical, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, um, then you're a player. I mean, you're, you're a fucking MVP. But if any of those out of whack and you don't tend to it, well, then things spiral out of balance. So, um, Kirk, I, I'm sure I've answered your question 18 different ways, but I hope that helps. And last question. Uh, <laughs> somebody's been listening to the show. Uh, Jack, in keeping with the theme of sexiness, what is the sexiest thing about you? Because that's, that's one of my favorite questions to ask. Yes. Um, thank you, uh, Anonymous. I appreciate that. Um, ooh, sexiest thing. This is a hard question. Shit. Why do I ask people this? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say a couple things and not, not, not to come off as egotistical, but I think there's a couple things that I, I like about myself. Man, that did sound kind of arrogant. But I mean, look, you, you got to love yourself. Else you can't really love anybody else. Uh, I think my creativity is sexy. Um, I'm very creative. Um, I've been told I'm charismatic and that that is sexy. Um, I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's also sexy. So, and I, me personally, one of my favorite things, God, I'm talking about myself so much is, um, my sincerity and connecting with people, I think is sexy. Um, and that's why I enjoy the show. You know, when I get guests on and we start to talk and I really dive down into who they are and where they came from and how they got to where they are, you feel this click. And I feel like that's a very sexy quality. So it's got me this far. <laughs> so folks, thank you so much for tuning in for Ask Jack 2. We'll keep doing these. You guys keep asking questions. We'll stop every, you know, every, uh, every few episodes of guests and we'll, we'll have a nice little Q and A session. Um, like I said, you can catch us on Twitter, on Instagram and on Patreon for all the things that are too hot to talk about here on the podcast. Plus they, we have player guides, very short and simple and to the point guides, PDFs that, uh, give some good tips and pointers on you being the best player that you can be. You guys take care, and as always, keep it sexy. Stay sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier when I have a guest here when I say that part. 
So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yep, you guys be safe. Take care of yourselves. Talk to you later. What if you could be a better player for the cost of one more cup of coffee a month? Get access to a growing library of lit erotica, behind-the-scenes action, and player's guides with tips on drinking, cooking, fitness, dating, sex, and life after dark. Low tier rate while offer lasts. Patreon.com. Game on with Jack.